0: This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tire Power. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Follow us on Twitter at RabbitHoleSEN.
1: Uh, good morning. Hello. Welcome. It is episode 20 of The Rabbit Hole. Um, ah, time has flown. Twitter handle is at Rabbit Hole Sen and Tire Power are our magnificent sponsors. The winter safety sale is now on. Don't be driving around. In this weather, without good tyres, 25% off equivalent with four or three on selected Falcon tyres. Uh, morning do you, Whispers. Tim Watson.
2: Hi, Gary. Uh, yes, how are you
1: today? Good. That's uh, a very good message that I'm giving there about the, your tyres. It's been... Wet yeah. and slippery this week in Melbourne town. Anyway, yep. so uh, don't take risks with your tyres because you're taking a risk with your whole family and your and your kids and whoever else is in the car with you.
2: Hundred percent. And not only tyres, there's the wheel balance and the alignment. All that sort of stuff plays into it as well. A so the donk. The yep, all of that, all of that. Um, what is a donk? A donk is. A donkey yeah. in Italy. It's a small, in smallish yeah. horse with yeah. big ears. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> And they like carrots. <laughs> um, Been a massive week. Ian's our man for tires. We've got
1: rabbit holes to go down everywhere. We've got stuff to talk about. And this morning there was a, um, a huge controversy in the Royal Box at Wimbledon about uh, Roger Federer. Mm. Uh, what do you think about that?
2: Well, it's it's protocol. I understand this because you know our um, Paul Keating got in trouble once because I think he put his hand on the no. scroll of queens. Uh, back at one stage there as well. You're not allowed to touch the royal family unless they offer a hand to you first, as the protocol goes. So, what do you mean they offer you? A well, hand? I think if you're going to hop in the royal box, though, you should be given the instructions, shouldn't you? Like you should be told, okay, you're entering the royal box. Yes. This is what you're allowed to do. This is not what you're allowed to do. Well, this is the protocol. Is it over the
1: top? Like this no, is my. No, it's not no, over the top. Hang no. on, Tim. No, is it over the top? And. Because we are here's the problem part of the monarchy. So, until such time as we secede, mm. and you and I suggested after the ashes, we maybe should have. Mm. We'll get to that in a moment. Mm. But if the royals want to remain okay, now I'm getting into a rabbit hole that I'm not no. anyway. If, if we only went into You're rabbit holes that we know there. anything about, <laughs> we wouldn't go in any rabbit hole. No. So, just bear with me.
2: Yeah, I
1: to be. Brought into the modern sort of era, if they want to maintain the monarchy and and relevance to the newer generation, Mm. then the royal box protocol needs to be looked at.
2: Yeah, but there are steps you need to take to arrive there. Yeah, well hang on, here's the point. Here's the point I want to make, right? So Kate and Roger played in a charity tennis match in the lead up to Wimbledon, right? So he's met her outside the box and now He's with her inside the box. So it's a different Kate. The Kate he met on the outside the box is one Kate. The Kate he met on the inside the box is a different Kate. Kate. So he can be as familiar as he likes on a tennis court, playing tennis alongside her. But when he steps inside the box, a different protocol applies. No,
1: Kate's a royal inside the box or outside the box. No, no, no. She's still a royal. No,
2: she's still governed by royal protocols. But- there's a less familiarity when you're outside the box as opposed to inside the box.
1: So when they finish playing tennis, does he shake
2: hands? Yeah, he was that, that's a that's the point I'm making. He was able to it, touch when they're on the tennis court, but
1: this is my point. I think it's over the top, Tim. Like
2: who cares if Well, in twenty years' time it probably will be but considered what I'm way saying. over the top.
1: You told me about Paul Keating and the Queen. It's pro it's like the, what how I, long ago was that? You know, the,
2: the acronym that I use is PC called protocol creep, and that's what we're experiencing now. Eventually, it'll get there. That's where it's at at the moment, right? Mm. But the, the eyes of the world are watching, so that's why they like to be able to be more formal in that environment.
1: Well, if you were a royal, you wouldn't hmm. care if someone gave you a little pat on the back.
2: No, but I haven't been brought up in the brought up in the royal family well, like no, you Kate. haven't either. Kate had well neither. yeah, but she was associated with it by family connection and that type of thing. So she's been part of it for some time, which is exactly why Megan um, Resisted it. So the Wimbledon, which is underway, and of course the Ashes. And Mm.
1: wow, we're talking today on Wednesday, the Ashes concluded on Sunday night, our time, early Monday morning. The controversy surrounding that and the hostility of the MCC members... It was an extraordinary sporting event, Tim. It was, and it has resonated around the world. Still. It has.
2: It's been the only thing that people have been talking about for probably the last three or four days. Yeah. Is exactly that. I, just spirit before we, of the game, spirit of the game. Before we go down that hole, I want yeah. to ask you this question: Your impression, because we grew up, we've got an impression of Americans because we've been fed American TV, so we watched the Brady Bunch and all those TV programs. So we grew up thinking the American was this. Who's the boss? All those shows, right? And then we grew Family up- ties. And the UK, we've been fed UK TV, obviously, since we're very small kids as well. So we grew up believing that that was the British because of how they were representing the TV programs that we watched. What's your point? My point is this. <laughs> what do you think the average English person is? What What do you see as the average English person? Um, well, you're not- Clearly not the MCC you're members. You're not talking
1: about Bartholomew Frinton Smythe. Or Humphrey Wigbert Porter or Quentin Breckenridge. No, I'm not talking. About they're that. the three blokes in the MCC members yeah. who've had their membership suspended after abusing the Australians.
2: Exactly, but we grew up sort of thinking that the hey, <laughs> you were a jolly cheat. That's right. The, 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 and they're wimpy sort of um, non-athletic. Take you out the back and give you a jolly rogering. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: no. what he said. <laughs> well, that's, which means actually- he's got a different interpretation <laughs> to Australians, and that's why Usman he, to turned around and said, what? <laughs> oh, I need to give you a jolly rogering out <laughs> <of> the back. <laughs> There's something like that. <laughs> that's how it went down, I think. Because <laughs> he... You get lost in the languages sometimes you get lost. <laughs> would you like a portion with
2: that? It was was confronting. It was. It, was yeah, well, it, was, it was, The MCC it members was, lose their shite. Yeah, I know, but that's where it's, sport takes people. That's the great thing about sport. And I don't what, know. Abusive. I think it might have been you, mate. I think it was me. In fact, I think it might have been me no, that real... said this, and I think you've picked up on no, it. No, I would And said that. that was that I said this, that sport is the greatest reality <laughs> TV program. <laughs> I
1: said that.
2: I think I said it first, and then you picked up on it a little bit later. Generally, you wait about a week before you insert it. Um, But it is, isn't it? Like, it just takes us to places where we didn't even envisage ourselves going and visiting. It just does that to us. It transports
1: us. So, and then Alex Carey runs out Johnny Bairstow in, you know, dramatic and controversial circumstances. And then the English have taken great exception to it, right? Which is fair enough. They can. I don't blame them. And then but then what happens? A fallout mm. and this is in this modern era if it's happened twenty five years ago, then there wouldn't be because what happens now is people go, hang on a minute. Mm. Johnny Biesto's whinging about it. What about this, Johnny? And so far there's been five other examples of Johnny Beastow trying to run play you know, run people out the same way as a wicket keeper waiting for a guy to lift his leg up and whipping the balls off. Yeah. So he's copping all that. Stuart Broad shooting his mouth off. And they go, hang on, have a look at this, Stuart. Then he shows Stuart Broad nicking a ball to first slip and standing there not walking. Then Baz McCullum gets in and says, I'm not having a beer with – we won't have a beer yeah. with the Aussies. And you turn around and go, yeah, well, fair enough, Baz. But don't forget, when Murley walked up the crease to shake Kumar Sangakara's hand for making 100, you ran him out. Yes. And in hindsight, they go, oh, yeah, no. Yes. but They're all good points, but we've moved on and you both should. Blah, blah, blah. All good
2: points. All good points. But hand on your heart, okay? Hand on your heart. When you first saw it, did you think that it was right or a little bit wrong?
1: A little bit wrong. Yeah. Hand on heart. Warning. I would have said run out, hit the wickets, peel out. Right. Do it again. You can stay. So there's your warning. Yeah. If you do it again, mm. then out you go. That's right. the way I would have liked it to happen, but I don't, I'm not all that fussed about it.
2: No, but did you think at that stage, because the Australians were sensing that momentum was with the uh, Poms at yeah. that stage, did you think, ah, the stakes are just a little bit high for at the moment for us to be sort of uh, affording them a gesture like that? Yeah, I did, but, but it's since come to light that mm.
1: Johnny Bairstow said to Travis Head,
2: during in the Tra- first innings. Eh? Yeah.
1: He he Travis Head was sort of wandered out and Johnny Biesto sort of shaped to to do the same thing and Travis Head put his and had a bit of a laugh and he said, You wouldn't have thrown that in appeal, Johnny. And
2: apparently Johnny said, Bloody oath I would. Right, he said it like that, did he? Bloody oath he did. you know how to do that. That's considered to be racist. No, isn't it's not. It? Yes, it is. No. You can't put. I'm the, voice, t- I'm the man of a thousand voices. The man of a thousand voices will be chastised like anybody else I out there. I don't
1: care. I'm prepared to wear that one. Bloody <laughs> or <off> I <they> did.
2: <laughs> anyway, so that, that's. That's a good wh- voice, by the way.
1: Yeah, I like it. That's why the hypocrisy. Which part of England is that voice? The from? Southern Plot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Have you got a northern No, you got a, northern, you got a northern accent. Well, then
1: I've got to getting into English territory. <laughs> um, anyway, it, it all added up to mm. dramatic. Because what's been lost a bit is that Ben Stokes then played. He played an, I know you didn't start and watch it, and that's fair enough. But he was swinging like a dunny right, in a test match. And we had we were bowling to Ben and Stokes. I and eyeing him like
2: a stinking eel. Exactly.
1: And you know what? Every single fielder was on the boundary, Tim. Yeah. Every Stupid. What do you mean stupid?
2: Stupid field placements. Why? Because they shouldn't have been on the boundary. They're bowling the ball to him in the wrong spot. They're bowling it into him in the slot. That's Anyone could have seen <laughs> that. goes
1: into my Ricky Ponting theory. So we, that's been undersold. And then we get them out without our, our world champion spinner, Gary Lyon, Nathan Lyon, who's out with the yeah. – so we didn't have him to play with. So we had a lot of stuff going against us, and we still won. And we're now two zip up.
2: Um, all that is great. Have you ever played in front of a hostile crowd? Because that's what they're going to front well, at uh, Headingley now.
1: And I said to you, you said, what was it like? And watching it, and I said, well, the Broad came on after Besto went out. And Broad came charging on like, you know, he's half a pickle anyway. I like him, but he, he's fired up and he yeah. comes. he's the next batter. And he walked in, he went straight to Carey and sledged him, straight to Cummins and sledged him. And then the crowd had seen him sledge. So they, the crowd is like... The crowd was swinging into a feral, and for about I don't know for an hour watching the tally it was on the edge yeah you know, and then you see the members MCC members so then you're thinking about that, and so I wanted to ask you about it because is that prim, is that grand final day when Terry knocked out Gavin Brown mm. on the half times was it no no no
2: quarter time quarter time
1: sorry mm. was that the most you know visceral kind of Crowd that had danger written on it.
2: Um, not, not. I've never felt threatened on the footy field by a crowd. You know, as much as a crowd's well, going to jump over the, the fence and start belting your head. Or the like combatants that. as well, though. The combatants. I tell you what. The most. The most. Um, stop. Stop right
1: there. So, I, this is what we knew. always. Assuming everyone knows. So you played Essendon, played Collingwood in the grand final, MCG, nineteen ninety. Just on the quarter time sign, Terry Danahoo was your captain or yep. not? Yep, And Gavin Brown was a star player for Collingwood and he and king hit him in in a, in a fight. There was a fight oh, that had started. no, no. he was shaped behind? No,
2: no. he I shaped not behind. No, no. They shaped up to each other. Did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, no, so he hit him did. from the front? He hit him from the front. Okay, yeah, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. No, I apologize. you must apologize for that.
1: Yeah. No, I should. Um, I was He always... got many
2: weeks. I think he got 10 or so many weeks yeah. after that.
1: Knocked him out cold. Yeah. And he was probably the most popular Collingwood player because of his bravery. This is Gavin. Yeah. And then when you see him out cold, then the mm. red mist appears for Mullane and Kelly and Shaw and yeah. Monkhurst, and then it was on.
2: Yeah, it was and on. it was on. I, I, missed, I missed most of it because I was a bit thirsty at quarter time. It was a warmish sort of a day, and I was very close to where we had to nestle for the huddle. And I'd sat down, and I actually, to be honest, okay, I had my back to where the brawl actually started. Right. So I was sitting there um, having a sip of cordial, and I could hear this hubbub, you know, like the enormous roar that just started and grumbled its way around the stands at the MCG. And I looked over to the other side, and I could see that it had already sort of started up. Kicked off. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. It had kicked off. In fact, 1990, I was the captain. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: Tim's just realised that Terry Denton, wasn't the captain that day, he was. He was he
2: should I should have done. Now that I'm thinking of it, being the captain, I should have gone into the brawl. <laughs> well, you you're simple. you forgot. Is it too late? You
1: forgot the. Is were there.
2: it too late to insert myself in the brawl? So you didn't go to the fight. I didn't go to the fight. I'm not. I was never a fighter. No, and you I just, never I, were. And I thought, okay, well, you know, they're over right over the other side of the ground. Yeah, you know, I've been running around trying to lead this team in the first quarter and. Carrying carrying them around on my back in the first quarter. (laughs) I'm really tired. I need to sit down. I need to have a break. And I thought that it would break up pretty quickly. But anyway, I'm looking around and there's so much more action around me on this side because- staff had now got involved. So they were belting each other, like trainers from Collingwood and trainers from Essendon were belting each other. And I think- Unbelievable. I think um, Bernie Quinlan was involved in some well, way. Bernie well, someone. He was working for Channel 7, so he was the boundary line commentator. That's right. And he was involved pulling guys apart. Was like he? I've got like a vague recollection of what was taking place. Our runner, Peter Power, he got belted by Gubby Allen. And Gubby and Allen. There was all this stuff going on. It was like, it was like I had- so a front on, row hang seat hang on. to one of the best Gabby, brawls that was Gabby ever Allen's erupted footy, on the Gabby MCG surface. So,
1: Gabby Allen's a footy manager
2: of Collingwood. Of Collingwood yeah. He belted your runner. <laughs> he belted our runner, Peter Power. <laughs> At yeah. quarter, during this fight. At quarter time, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, you know how emotional everybody yeah, gets yeah. around something like that? Anyway, so they finally drifted back. Um to where the wisp was sitting on the ground, uh, just having my third. And what was your cap I was having my third cup of cordial at this stage. <laughs> what, what and I, might have had, I might have had a nice little bit of oranges as well. <laughs> to- <laughs>
1: you had you had access to all the oranges because no one
2: else was there. I said, "Where is everybody?" <laughs> I said, "The sheets." Oh, he just got back from another brawl. He'd been belting somebody as well. Sheets belting someone. He was somebody involved in a. No, he wasn't. Hundred percent. Hundred really? percent. Yeah, this was all going on. This was a crazy. Everyone crazy... was
1: in the fight except <laughs> it,
2: it appears that way now that we're retelling. The, the, the
1: runner, stuff. the footy manager, and the coach <laughs> and the captain sitting there having a picnic on the
2: I his was own. trying to work out what was going on, Gary. I was looking at the champion stats at quarter time, trying to work out who was doing what they were supposed to do. And trying to help Sheeds with a pre a pre second <laughs> quarter address. You weren't helping Sheeds, he's in the middle of a punch on. I was helping him put his clothes back on. I was helping him they're no, putting some staples in a cut on his forehead <laughs> I was helping the doctor I oh, know he was in the brawl as Br- well fruity reed was he here. took on the collingwood doctor <laughs> <So> <laughs> anyway quarter time finishes anyway quarter time finishes I'm stitching up a couple of blokes here there and everywhere and the um, crowd's going um, nuts. the crowd is going absolutely nuts so the second quarter bang but what I do remember with great clarity so we came in at half time right so there's sort of just like you could cut the air with it. It was tense. Can
1: I jump in again? Mm. The 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 races in those days- Side by side. Were a metre apart. Yeah, side by side. Yeah, so you went up one race and then- Wire the, between them. Yeah. So not like today, they're 150 metres yeah. apart. So if there had been a stink, yep. then no, oh, well, Collingwood would go over there and Essendon away over there, and there's no chance that there's going to be- so you've had this all in blue at quarter time. Yeah. The superstars been knocked out, Kyle. The coach is headless, the captain's headless and then you then they go and converge together to side get off side. the ground side by side.
2: Yeah. So Lee Matthews, right. Coach. I arrive I arrive Lee's coaching calling, So I arrive at the um race race at the same time. I'm with Terry, so I'm just walking maybe a step behind Terry. Protector. Well, just in case somebody attacks him as he's going (laughs) up the race and he needs the number one protector there alongside him. Um, The whisper. Uh very handy with his with his fist, the wisp, even though he didn't get involved in the brawl at time. Because there would have been all hell to play had he got over there in time. Who would you have gone at? It, it, I would have picked the biggest one. Would have gone after Monkey. Him. I would have gone Monkey, uh, Ned <laughs> Kelly, and then probably Michael Christian. Yeah. And then Dennis Banks, who had a reputation of being a bit of a brawler. He go. In and fact, fans. I probably would have taken him first, as a matter of fact, had I got there in time, had I known how serious it was. Get him on next week. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm, going up, I'm going up the race. And uh, I'm one step behind Terry, and then Lethal comes from nowhere up the race, right? So there's just that, there's only wire there between is. us and there them, is. right, going up the race yeah. at half time. He's grabbed hold of Gavin Brown. So he's got Gavin Brown, and he's ripping into Terry wow. about what he's done to his player. Right? I love this story. And I've never seen anger like it on anyone's on Lee's face. On face. He was frothing at the mouth. His hair was like a mad professor. Yes. I he remember the He just photo. looked absolutely like he was going and what off what was his he nose. saying? Because oh, you were right there. All shorter of stuff. All shorter of stuff. I'm going to get you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, he, he was, look, I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but it was, it, it was just, no. it, they were just words that were just sort of spitting out of his mouth with sheer anger.
1: And this is what we're talking about. You're talking about- passionate violent moments yeah. and then the the so lee himself who yeah. was as a player no stranger to these oh, sorts of incidents. And violence. In fact, had been deregistered as a player That's for right. an incident. So That's right. So he's no stranger to it, but yep. he's got his player who he loved, Gavin Brown. Yep. i worked yep. with Gavin. He loved him. Yep. So he's grabbing him and he's giving it to Terry on the walk up the race. That's
2: right. I tell you what, they were, it, was what a moment. it was fearsome what he was saying. So much so, I didn't really want to go out and play in the second half. I, thought, yeah, I don't think you did. If he gets to me that part. <laughs> I don't think you did. I'm not sure the rest of them went back out. Um, yeah, so but Gavin- it, it, it was it – was, uh, that part was frightening because I was a witness to that part of it, yeah. and I had never seen anything like that in my life before, ever, ever on the footy field. And, you know, I've been around a lot of brawls and stuff. We were down at Maraban one day um, when the St Kilda players – I think there's about – Eight or nine blokes got reported on both for both teams after that game and uh, our president labelled them a pack of animals and yeah. a court case ensued after all that sort of – I've seen violence and that was probably – out on the field that was probably the scariest I've felt as a player. Not necessarily unsafe, but there was just – blokes were just going down left, right and centre and you thought, okay, when's it going to be my turn? See,
1: there'd be a lot of people listening, my son's, Age and mates who listen it, every so every Monday now we go and do our show or do whatever you do, and the discussion is around a sling tackle. Yeah, that dominates. Yeah, you know, oh, the mm. controversy is around a sling tackle or something. Back in those days, Mondays was about every game, would have had an all inner almost. Was that, is that an exaggeration?
2: Um, well, certainly a good dust-up. 75% of games would have had a, a, a decent dust-up, yeah. like a decent dust-up. Where
1: there. punches were thrown. Yes,
2: yes. Where,
1: and, and there's no doubt about it. So, and the atmosphere-
2: Like real punches, too. At the suburban
1: grounds when that was happening, because one mm. of our callers mentioned Darren Milburn and Stephen Silvani.
2: Yeah, that's Darren that, Mil- yeah.
1: Milburn knocked out Stephen Silvani. Mm. With, I guess it was a late bump in my memory. And I was commentating. Was it was like a shirt
2: front that yeah, wasn't. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that was Which was sort of like an, almost acceptable back in the day, like oh, a shirt yeah. front. It was no, celebrated, st- standard. wasn't it? Yeah. But Stephen Silvani was the poster boy for the Carlton Faithful. And this is at Carlton's home ground. It was getting dark, Tim. It was it was like the it was one of those sort of winter days where the you know the darkness mm. came halfway through the third quarter, and Darren Milburn knocked him out, and that day for me, I'm commentating in the stand, only just retired, was as close to this sense of there's going to be violence. A breakout. Yeah, Yeah, there's going to be a breakout here because they just went nuts. Mm. And if you were in charge of Geelong at the time, you would have feared for Darren Milburn on that particular occasion.
2: I think they did. I'm sure they did. I think they tried to shield him at once. They would have had to.
1: And you spoke about Moorabbin. So we went down to Moorabbin in my first year and played against them. We were second last on the ladder, and they were last. Right. We were both hopeless, and I don't know. I don't think they'd had a win for the year. We might have won three or four, so they looked upon us as the only chance to win a game. And I've since found out that they have made a pact. This is true, right? Right. Before the game, right. You had to
2: turn to your player and belt him, right? So we're. Who was the? Can you remember who was the coach of St Kilda at the time? Brooks, you can look it up. Because Spud's playing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I'm playing half-forward flag- And you were working with Spud at the time? No, no, not at this stage. This is my first
1: year. Okay. So I'm playing on a guy called, I remember it as clear as day, David Whitty, his yeah, name was, yeah, and remember, he was yeah. a first-year player too. So we, the two of us were peripheral players in the violence. Mm. The violence was driven by the likes of Greg Burns, Joffa Cunningham, Plugger, Robert Mace, um... Robbie Muir may have even been a part of it. And so we walk out. it's wet and muddy and all run out and stand there. I'm ready, to, waiting for the game to start. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. fights break out all over the ground. Spot fires. Well, every St. Kilda bloke I'm – not, I'm not saying every St. Kilda right. bloke turn and punch their teammate. Graham Jelly was a coach. But they certainly turned around and started a fight with their opponent. Right. And there's just every – all over the ground before the balls bounce, it's on for so, young and old. So what's little Garrity thinking? Me and my mate Dave Whitty – Did a dance. – having a little wrestle <laughs> in the mud. But that was it. Anyway, <laughs> then the sort of fights converged together. And everyone stood up. A few of our blokes are bleeding. You know, a few of their blokes, they're all muddy because you're all – the, ga- the game hadn't even started. <laughs> and then the game starts. And then – on that occasion, I was I'm not saying I was fearful, but I was aware and cognizant of where I was and who was behind me and and they won, by the way.
2: I think it's okay to. I think it's okay to say that you were fearful. because that day at Mirabin, you've just reminded me when you said Robbie Muir, right? So this particular day, he then um, went to me, so he picked me up in after three quarter time. So he, I'm pretty sure this was a day he played on me, and everyone was fearful of Robbie Muir because yep. he had this reputation of being oh. this really wild bloke who just belt man. people and punch, punch I'm, him in the head. I'm standing there and <laughs> he, he's behind me. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Yeah. So he came up really close, and then I heard him say at three quarter time because the scores were almost level at three quarter time. Was, he said to me, "Who do you reckon is going to win?" <laughs> That, That's not what I was expecting. The other, th- I I was aware of Roger, right? Roger Merritt. Yeah. Can I just say it was a good idea to be aware of Roger? Yeah.
1: Cuz Mike Sheen, the Great yeah. had written a story about a hitman in the AFL.
2: Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I know. He sued uh he sued Don Scott and the Herald Sun for that. Who did? Roger Don Scott wrote the article in the Herald Sun. I think he I might. Have, Mike Sheen wrote well, he might have been with Mike Sheen, but Don Scott wrote the article right. because it was after we played against Hawthorne. Right. And uh, Kelvin Moore um, had had a testicle split. Right. And they that, blamed uh, Roger that, falling on it. Uh So did
1: they name him? Did they as the hitman? Yeah, because they did. for I thought there's a hitman
2: a... in the AFL. Darren Hinch did. I oh, think yeah. Darren Hinch actually named. No, you're right. Don Scott said, "There's a hitman in the AFL." Yep. He didn't name. No. He didn't name Roger. Met, you're I'll right. I tell you why I know that. But Darren Hinch did on AW. Right. Yeah. Well,
1: it must have been some time. There must have been a lag because for a period of time, there's a hitman loose in the AFL. No one knew who it was. <laughs> so you're going out to play and you're looking around. And you're going, "Who is it? Where's this f- hitman?" <laughs> and then the whisper starts that it's Roger, right? So then we play Essendon, mm. and I, I do know. I I do admit. I'm, when the game started, you immerse yourself in the game, and you don't. On that day, I was aware of where he was. Yeah. Not 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 because I had any proof, but he was angular, and mm. you know he had a good mean streak about him. A good mean streak. Good mean. Streak. Yeah. No, he was like he was genuinely mean. Yeah. And you know what used to happen? This is what you probably not to you, maybe to you. In fact, maybe to you. Players from opposition teams, like who were tough or dirty mm. or tough mm. and dirty, same thing. You know, who would punch blokes in the mm. head? Mm. They would often, you know, at a stoppage or a ball up or something, say, "I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to knock you out. Just make no mistake. You take your eyes off the
2: ball. I'm going to knock you out." Mm. That played on your mind. Yeah, <laughs> did it did. Did you get that? And they would mean that. Did you get it? No, I got it. Did you hundred percent? They must have sensed the fear in you.
1: <laughs> May yeah, probably unlike, they wouldn't have sensed that with me. Unlike you, yeah. I think I was a young because I was young playing like a key position, again, yeah. And I was playing against key position backs like serious,
3: yeah. hardened, yeah. Key, R- yeah.
1: Rick Kennedy of the world's saying, uh, "Listen, if you get another goal, yeah. I, I'm going to have to knock you out." Yeah.
2: <laughs> can you remember? Can you remember Neil Pitt who played for the Bulldogs? No. He played for Richmond. He played for the Bulldogs, right? Peart. Peart Neil Peart. Okay, so he was sort of a left-footer. This was the time when Mick Moldhouse was coaching the yeah, Bulldogs, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're playing it. We we're playing at Windy Hill, and Roger was our centre half forward, and he was just being Roger. Yep. Yeah, very physical and aggressive and that yep. type of thing. He may have, I think he may have um, bumped into one of the Bulldog players Knocked accidentally, inadvertently at out. some point, right? Yep. So. Mick Mouldhouse sends the message down to the bench, Neil Peart on the ground, and the message must have been because it could not have been any clearer, other than him saying, "Get out there and knock Roger Merritt out." No, because he got onto the ground, lined up alongside Roger, and then just went
1: bang. Yeah,
2: and Roger went down. Yeah, and that's what used to happen in yeah, the old days. He did. It
1: happened. We're not celebrating. We're just telling you this is what happened.
2: No. And no. at a suburban
1: ground, oftentimes it would be at the other end of the ground, right? Yeah. The so ball's at the other a end. king
2: hit. A genuine yeah. king hit.
1: And then the player who did the king hitting would just be standing there and there'd be a bloke on the ground next to
2: him. Yeah. He must have found it.
1: So yeah. then the crowd, though, at that that end of a suburban ground, whether it's Vic Park or Windy Hill or Moorabbin, would have seen it. Yeah. So while the play's playing up the other end, Half the ground is going off their nut mm. at the at the player. And that's when it, you mm. talk about scary atmospheres. That's when it become really, really intense. Frightening. Yeah.
2: Frightening. I've never been more frightened though. And I was in another country when I was the most frightened <laughs> on a footy field. Why? As a 13-year-old, I played in this representative team for Victoria and we went to play in Papua New Guinea. So I was with 13-year-old boys, right? We're just young, little stick figures uh, playing over there. Why did you go to Papua New Guinea for? Because they were trying to strengthen the relationship between PNG football and Australian football. And there was a junior football council and they were trying to promote football over that part of the world. And they saw it also as a great recruiting ground, Papua New Guinea, because they did already play AFL football or VFL football up in there. Or Australian rules football up there. So we went over there as uh, 13-year-olds and we're playing... We were playing against we were playing against men, effectively, because they had no A lot of them didn't have birth certificates, right? So they just wanted to play football, so they would roll up, and they would belt the hell out of us, right? How old were they? Well, they could have been any age. <laughs> Most of them had beards and arrived with their families, their <laughs> they kids. drive their cars. <laughs> well, they didn't have cars. But we'd arrive at the ground, and there'd be no one there, right? Say the game started at two o'clock, we'd be there at sort of half past one getting ready and doing our warm-ups, and there'd be no one there. By the time the game started at two o'clock, it was packed. Like it was just absolutely packed. And they'd be coming over the hills and they'd be up in trees, watching, trying to get a better vantage point, all that type of thing. And then they would just be over physical in the way they played. They were belting the absolute. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all instructed do not respond in any way. (laughs) 13 year old. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Who was in the team? Who else was with you? Can you remember?
2: Uh, well, the only one, well, Colin oh, Con Gorozidis, remember Con? We've spoken about Con I mean, because we lost him on the way over. <laughs> I've told you that story, haven't yeah. I? Yeah. He sat next to some girls on the way over as a 13-year-old, chatted them up, and then <laughs> got to the airport in Portsmouth. He <laughs> hopped in a cab and he took off. <laughs> the Greek god. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Where did, how did you find him? Well, he, somebody, they must have, I don't know how they found him, but we're all waiting. We had to take a boat from there across well, to this it, village.
1: It, 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 Vicky Christina, Barcelona style. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: we're all waiting. So there are two teams, the under-13 team and the under-17 team. Yeah. Everybody's just sitting by this boat waiting. Waiting for Gora. Waiting for Gora. They finally found him. Yep. I don't know how they did, but they finally found him. They brought him back. They put him on the boat with us, and then we had to go across to the other side of wherever it was. It was about a two-and-a-half-hour boat ride. We got there. got there too late. All the villagers had eaten the dinner because they didn't <laughs> think we were arriving. <laughs> And They're running around the village and they're grabbing hold of pigs under their arm and they're poking the pigs and spearing the pigs and chasing a... chooks. And they made a banquet because well, they'd one. eaten the first banquet, In the first one, they had to prepare the second one. It was an extraordinary trip, it was an unbelievable. Who trip. was the coach? Um, uh, brother Ed, brother Ed Havelock was his name. Oh, wow. I don't think he's, I, I think he may have passed, but uh, Steve Perry was in the team oh, wow. as well. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of um people that you'd know, well, but. It was just it was it was just like a there was a frightening sort of mood about it. Even when we sat and watched the under seventeens, because they are older guys, right? right, and so they weren't going to cop it like we were as kids. And they fought back a couple of times. And I'm just thinking, oh no, this yeah. is not going to end well. This crowd is just going to erupt.
1: That is a great story. I was going to tell. I'm going to save it for next week because I had, I went to Nauru. Nauru. Nauru in the middle of a footy year. Well, I was playing senior footy, I but a broken thumb to play. No, to do like a promotional trip. So, I'll give you the priest, but I'll talk about next week because time's getting away from us. Andrew Phillips from Carlton had a crook back, and I broke my thumb and had surgery. He was out for six weeks. I'm working at the AFL and shift the she and said, "You want to go to Nauru?" I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Oh, beautiful tropical island in the yeah. in the Pacific." He said, "Go over and have a you know, five or six days." You know, Andrew, you and Flipper. Just do a couple of clinics, and I'm thinking, palm trees, you know, pinnacles, sit on the beach. Uh, it's far removed from that. So I'll tell you about that next week. It was, um, it was one of the more extraordinary circumstances I've ever had.
0: You're listening to The Rabbit Hole for tyre power. Get your free five-minute tyre safety check.
1: Welcome back to The Rabbit Hole. We're doing a reverse rabbit hole, wisp, which is where we revisit some stuff that we may have said last week that needed to be fact-checked.
2: That's right, and uh, we've got an email, actually, from Ken from Caniva. Uh, he said, uh, this is what he wrote, I loved your story, Wisp, about the deep heat on Alan Stoneham's nuts, <laughs> but it sounded like you'd added a bit of GST. That's what it, My boys said it was bullshit. That's what they reckon. Well, I'm going to go right to the source here just to clarify this story. Uh, Alan Stoneham is on the line. Uh, Rocky, how are you? Good morning. Very well. Okay. Now, what did you recall about this? I've told the story about uh, you and the DP. What is it that you recall?
3: It was a very warm night. <laughs> it was a warm trip, an extremely warm trip home. Look, I had form in that area, so I, I did it to a couple of guys at the Bombers, and one particular guy uh, fell by the name of Bluey Hampshire. I, I put uh, DP in his jocks, because he had to drive back to Geelong, right? But I put that. I put plenty there so he could see it. But I actually smeared it on the inside of his jeans. And he was in he was in another world of pain by the time he had a forty five minute trip home to Geelong, Uh <laughs> steaming hot like car, and his wife she, she seen nothing like it. Raced inside, kicked the door open, turned the tap on, and put his nether straight into the sink.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you brought you brought that idea from the Bulldogs, from Footscray, with you to Essendon, but then you were on the receiving end of it.
3: Yeah, I suppose it always—the ball always comes back to the bowler. You know that.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> to speak. Yeah,
3: it's, oh, yeah, good point. Yep, true. So. Yeah,
1: it's a, it was a good trick, but yeah, it, it bit badly that night. So Tim reckons, Alan, he, he, as the story told, was told last week, Tim reckons that you and he both lived in a similar part of uh, Ascot, where was it? In Essendon, Essendon, yeah. Essendon. Essendon. And, he, and he was follow- it just so happened that he was following you home on this night that you had the said um, DP uh, put into your jocks and the old Narries were getting a little bit uh, hot on the way home and that you had to pull over. And just um, just cool them down. Now, is this right or not? Correct.
3: <laughs> how did you how did you
1: cool them down?
3: In the water. What sort of water? <laughs> on, the side of the, on the side of the road. Oh, where else you can? Mate, you, you're a bloke, when you're in that much pain, you just don't, you don't care. All, everything else is thrown out the door.
2: Because as I, as I was saying, Rocky, uh, I was telling the story to uh, Gary last week, and it was so funny because we had to then go into one of Sheeds' very, very long meetings, and you didn't want to let anyone know that you're in any form of pain whatsoever, but there was – Steam coming out of the top of your tracksuit pants.
3: Uh, absolutely, you just uh, and because we thought it might have been a quick one, but they were never quick in those days. Uh, the only, the only quick meeting he'd ever had is when one of the guys had the, um, had the controller and kept turning the uh, the video off.
2: <laughs> that's what Kevin. Kevin Walsh. That's right. <laughs> hey, Rock. We won't hold you. We won't hold you up any longer. But thank you for verifying that story.
3: That's, I'm,
2: glad. I'm, geez, I'm glad the listeners are going to be pleased
1: with that. <laughs> <laughs> go, go Thanks for joining us. Cheers. Pleasure, guys. Oh, you, Rocky. Bye, Rocky. Right. Bye. Well, I, I, can, you've got it right.
2: There you go. And we have had other correspondents too. Another email from uh, Bryzer from uh, Barry White. Well, now, this was in relation to our farmer's tip. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that Which was, was? About the possum, the your dead wa- possum, change <laughs> the filter, that type if of thing. If your
1: water's right? not tasting that well. Yeah. Then have a look, because you might have a dead possum in your tank.
2: That's right. Or if your water pressure's down, you may need to change your filter. Correct. Uh Bryzer from Barry Rollick writes, uh, I've been a farmer for 45 years. Hardly a drop of water out of our tap for the last 15. We've been bathing in the dam. Your tip about changing the filter has changed our lives. <laughs> Well, not only that, we've also had correspondence from Reese Plumbing. They contacted me. I've signed a little deal. I've kept you out of it. They've been playing our audio on loop in all the Reese plumbing stores around Victoria. Plus, they've put up a big poster too. In the the, uh, plumbing supplies businesses, check for fallen possums in your water tank. Is it time to change your filter? As heard on the rabbit hole. so <laughs> Are you funding peop-
1: that campaign?
2: I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. So a lot of people are taking our farm advice, Who which is a great thing. Who was that first name.
1: farmer that rang about the filter? For, he's had the same filter for 28 years.
2: Oh, that's Bryza from Barry Wallet. He had
1: four possums growing <laughs> in the filter. He had, a, he had, the bo- he had both. Uh, it was a good idea. Well, it, it was a very good advice and I also had some feedback saying, oh, thanks for that because I then went and checked my filter and it yep. was filthy dirty and now I've got water pressure that nearly knocks my head off.
2: Did they have a possum or was it just a no, filter? No,
1: just filter. Right. No, no possum problem. So, we were going to do our farming tip now? We
0: might
2: yeah, as
1: well. we might as well, yeah. All right, Brooksy, get to it.
0: It's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over 40 years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter. Shaping and building Australia together.
2: What do you roll around in when you're down there on your big property? Well,
1: this is what we wanted to discuss today because there's no good adopting the persona of someone or something if you don't look the part. That's it. and so More
2: important than anything.
1: So farm attire is where we're going today on the rabbit hole. What sort of stuff you should be rolling with if you're a bona fide, genuine farmer? Because, Tim, how many times do you and I see Mm. city blokes
2: looking at a place? They
1: might have a little bit of acreage. Go down there and just try and make themselves blend in, and they're not looking the goods. So, I have had the same three button flannel shirt for four and a half years. But that never been washed, just describe your three buttoner.
2: Well, up the top. So oh, there's just a three button the, just a three there. Buttons okay. There. So okay. it's not a it's not a six buttoner, and three have fallen off over time.
1: No, 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 no. It's like a three buttoner there, and and then I had this pair of like work pants, uh, sort of farm pants that I had to buy new because I was new to the caper. I bought them five years ago, and they also haven't seen the washing machine. So I go down, I just pull the the shirt off the hook, right, straight on, yep. And the the pants are that stiff; they've molded to my leg shape. So then you just Perfect. sort of slide them on. Perfect. Your legs slide into yep. them, and then you and then you're off. And
2: you are. A, you know what? Well, you don't. You you wouldn't need to say another word. I would not need to see you on the property. You are a real countryman farmer.
1: We, you know why you wouldn't need to see me?
2: Why? Because you'd smell me. I'd smell you coming.
1: (laughs) Yes, he'd go. Well, this bloke—he's not a Johnny come lately.
2: Do you like your scent more than everybody else? I don't know because I've got COVID and can't smell myself. (laughs) But um,
1: and then now—are they a
2: label? The trousers are they a particular brand? They are. They are. That's important. I've forgotten
1: the name of them now because I've only I bought them once five years ago. I haven't looked at them since.
2: They've got patches on the knees, have it's they? Got reinforced. Yes, knees. I've seen them. Yes. They're re, like oh, a, yeah. they
1: a reinforced. So when you're kneeling down Tickety to bit. do some, to change maybe a, a fuel filter on the Kubota or something. Yeah. You've got padded knees. Excellent. And at this time of the year, I go with the full fur-lined hat with the flaps over the
2: ears. Is that a Prada? Um, or Emes? <laughs> no, it's- uh, A Bally. Is it a Bally? I bought it overseas. Yeah, it'd be a good brand though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's a Swiss. Chanel? It's Swiss. It's Swiss. It's Swiss. Yeah,
1: I bought it over and- uh, Anyway. Uh, uh, what?
2: Not a Montclair, is it?
1: No, it's not a Montclair. <laughs> and then, no, then your
2: footwear's important. Hang on. The fur. Yeah. For the- what is it? Is, elk. A, is it a rabbit or elk? Elk. It's overseas. Ah, I've always wanted elk fur. I've never been able to afford that. It's
1: one elk. of those ones in when it's not that cold. You can unclip it and you flip them up and you clip it on your head. Mm. So then you've got a nice ready to come down over your ear.
2: I couldn't afford. I had to go for the polyester elk. Well,
1: well, now that you're doing a bit better in the media game, you might be able to get one. And then the footwear at this time of year, I'm rolling with a three-quarter gumboot at the minute because it's the wet weather. And I like it. Mm, bit brokeback Mountain-ish. No, it's not. Is it? Well, I've got my I've got my steel blues. Right. Okay. And I've got my blunt stones. Okay. No, that sounds okay. So I've got them as the option. Are but they
2: slip-ons or
1: slip-on? You... Yeah. With the with the handles either side. Yeah. So if you've got that look down, Pat. Yeah. Then you'll be able to get away with anything you want to do on the phone. I had to go into Hastings the other day. I had to take my chainsaw in Hastings. Just didn't give me a didn't even look at me. They, they didn't try and rip me off. They said
2: this bloke knows what he's doing. I What's smelling? What sort of a belt do you roll with? No it? belt. Just oh, no a cord. A oh, no belt. Just a bit of hay. So white. what happens when your pants fall down bit when you're in at the Bunnings in Hastings? A bit of baling wire. Bit of b- bit of baling wire. Oh, good Just idea. a bit of hay string. Spot on. Anyway, Spot on. There <laughs> anyway you go. Have you got a coat in case it gets extra chilly down there? Yes, I have. What type of coat is that? I've got an. L... That's not a Greg Laron, is it? I've got an. You're not <laughs> you're not rolling with a Greg Laron, are you?
1: I've got an LG battery powered heated coat.
2: Hang on, how long is your cord then? Because you've got a big property. Do you ever trip over it? It's a chargeable battery. Ah, oh, it's a battery-operated yeah, one.
1: This is extraordinary. Right, this coat, you put it. It's got in the pocket. It's got wires that come in, right? Right. So the the, the whole coat is lined with heating fibers. So and you're then- hardwired. Then you get the battery, you plug it in, charge the battery.
2: You've got to charge your coat. Do you have to have your coat on when you charge it or no, not? No, no.
1: The battery clicks out of your pocket. You charge it at the thing. And then when you go out to do a day in the freezing cold, mm. you plug your battery into your coat pocket and all of a sudden,
2: zzzz, all overheat. Has it got a temperature control? Yeah. So, no, What, no, what no. do you have it set on?
1: Has that got a temperature control?
2: I've never controlled the temperature. I just plug it It'd in. you get too hot though,
1: wouldn't you? Oh, not where I go. Where I go into the cold climbs, so that's the, oh, that's, that's what I'm great, rolling with. That's
2: a great tip. Good so, tip. Is, can you buy those coats? I think the coat thing is the thing that's going to resonate with um, people. Can you buy those anywhere and everywhere?
1: Good friends at LG gave me, not LG, um Ego, sorry. Ego. I said LG, yep. Ego. You know the Ego battery power tools? No, yeah, I do. I you do, do so.
2: No, I was going to say I do. Damn I, do. You do. Well, I do. Well, I do. I do. I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> not the Kubota.
1: Not, not, certainly not your Kubota. That's for the big stuff. Yeah, yeah. There he goes for the
2: power tools. That's stuff. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you got both bases. What are government. you rolling with down there, Glen Maggie? Um, I've just got. Uh, what have I got? I've got a nice. Uh, I've got a nice little um, padded vest thing what that I wear. Padded vest. Yeah, you know, like a, a little puffer vest. thing. yeah. No, yeah, I like yeah. Them. It's got. Um, it's got a nice. Got a heater? It's got a nice down in it. Is it heated? No, no, it's got a down. You don't need it. Yeah, if down, got, don't be down about it because you haven't got a he bag. No, it's got a ducky down in it. <laughs> Have about, you ever had the duck down? What about
1: that bag? You, this is what I want to get. What that bag you tell me about? That bum, uh, that bum bag. I'm oh, not, and that's my, special, sure.
2: that's my special pruning bag. I'm not sure that's good. No, no, that's a special pruning bag. Why? Because Susie bought that online for me. That was a very special present because I had all the different bits and pieces when I'm doing the pruning on the vines, which I did last weekend, and you got to lay them down, and you need a little strap to tie them down, and you need your secateurs. You've got to have a spot for your secateurs, mm. and then your secateurs get blunt, so then you've got to be able to use a little grinding stone just to sharpen the secateurs again. Mine are electric. Are they? you got to <laughs> leave. I wouldn't trust yourself with you a pair thought. of
1: leaf.
2: <laughs> so you got a bum bag. i got a little bum bag. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Found my passport in it too.
1: I've got a hand-me-down tool belt mm. from my son who got a tool belt from his girlfriend because he's a carpenter now. And then he got to the on-site and realized that the tool belt that he got from his girlfriend was mm. nice but not that good. So he then went and got the duck's guts and hand, gave me the handy-down tool belt. Tool belt and they put the... You can put the hammer oh. in the little – like a little hook. Like a little steel yeah. case thing. And if you're really good, oh. you go like this. Bang. You flick, you flick it up with your foot. And the hammer flicks out and you catch it.
2: Oh, How long does it take you to get to that? I haven't. I haven't mastered it. No.
1: No, it's, a, it's not something you can it, – it take it. I think it's about the second year of your apprenticeship you can master it.
2: Are you telling me that there's a thing called uh – Toolbag Envy on the worksite these days? I don't think there's any doubt about that. It starts with
1: Toolbag and goes all the way up to Ute. Right. Ute Envy.
2: I've been called a (laughs) Toolbag.
1: Anyway... A lot of people will be calling this a tool bag, but anyway, there's for some of those wannabe farmers yeah, out there. Don't, yeah. don't fall into the trap of just oh, not looking rolling into you know RSA safety and buying brand new stuff and mm. walking out and thinking that you're a farmer. That just ain't going to wash it. Mm. That's a, a, a ain't going to cut it. I mean,
2: so um, that's great advice. Good advice. That is great advice.
0: Yep. You're listening to the Rabbit Hole for Tire Power. Get your free five minute tire safety check.
1: Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Thanks to Typho Power Winter Safety Sale now on 25% off equivalent with four for three on selected falcon tyres. I don't like bringing this up because you get all, I know you go all strange on me. I've
2: said to you, no, before we start doing this podcast, I said to you that we can't be sensitive about any topic and nothing is off the record.
1: Have you been approached by advanced hair? Except that. (laughs) I saw Razor Ray doing that. I saw uh, Chris Main doing one. Now, with respect to both of those gentlemen, they're, they've got profiles, but they've got not a patch on you. Mm. My information...
2: No pun intended.
1: <laughs> no. My information is mm. that there may have been a father-son offer.
2: <laughs> I say this... I say this... Have you okayed this... I'm okay talking about stuff, but have you spoken to Job to see whether or not he's okay text, talking about this sort of stuff? I texted you. Right.
1: I said, listen, right. this is what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Can I go with it? Right. And you said, I wouldn't.
2: I can't confirm or deny what? anything. Right. Okay. Other than this, hello. negotiations are broken down. Well, that saddens me. Why? Well, as you sort of rightfully said, and I can't confirm or deny this, but they may have been talking along the lines of father-son. Yes. But they wanted to do something, because this has been done in other parts of the world, they wanted to do something that had never been done in any part of the world. What? They wanted to include Wolfie, <laughs> Job's little boy. I said, he's only three. What do you expect him to have a full head of hair?
1: Father, son, son, Father-son-son son, advanced hair. That'd be
2: groundbreaking yeah. stuff. Um, well what's wrong with that? Well, get wolf a little thatch. No, well, the thing was that I'd agreed to the yep, price yep Job had yeah and Wolfie knocked it back he's holding out. he, he? Wolfie, he wants more money. Uh, that's disappointing. <laughs> very disappointing. I can't see it going ahead. I can't see it going ahead. Got any quick
1: fire rabbit holes to finish off what's been a very very entertaining and interesting kind of
2: a uh, setup. Uh, the only thing I've got here that we haven't talked about today, and that is you asked me to remind you about a bike riding episode at Coolham. Oh, no. Someone asked we'll me. We'll do that another day? I can do it. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, Hang on. No, there is one thing. We, we'll talk about that next week. What? But there is another thing. You know, your mate. MCC president. Freddie, Gold, Freddie Oldfield. Yes. Have you spoken to him? I meant to ask you about this before. No, have I you have spoken not. to him because he was over there at Lord's?
1: No, I haven't seen Fred Oldfield. Right. But he was over there and they played a cricket match, or well, they were, were due and, due to play a cricket match the day after the last Ashes Test against the MCC 11 or something like that. Would so, he have
2: been playing in that? Yeah, I think
1: he was. Really? Well. How old is he? Well, that's a rude question.
2: No, would, is he my age? Is he sort of no, like a mature gentleman? No,
1: he's of the genre of the abusers at the MCC, the <laughs> Marlaboni <laughs> Cricket Club, whatever it is. Uh, now, I have to catch up with Fred when he gets back because he, he would have a great story to tell.
2: Oh, of course he would.
1: In fact, we should. Could we get him
2: on the pod? Well, we should get well, him well, on the Well, we need our... to talk about this, actually. another probably not on air. We maybe need to talk about it off air, and that is whether well, or not we do start – Talking to other people, we had Alan Stoneham as our first real guest. Oh no, we had George in episode one, didn't we? Talking about wine. Alan, we haven't revisited that. that. Such he... was the such was the feedback <laughs> about George. <laughs> Good morning to you, George. <laughs> the cool off
1: his nourries, George. So that was the um, that was the reason why. Um, yeah, no, we could we could. I, I just I did want to just mention that. Um, Zack Toohey, who plays game number two hundred and sixty-five this yeah. weekend, how good is that for those Irish footballers? Jimmy was t- Jim Stein's held the record of two hundred and sixty-four. He'll play game number two hundred and sixty-five this weekend, and I, I we talked to him through the week on mm. on on the couch. We I love him. I think he's a really uh, interesting interesting person. We've got a great sense of humour. Yeah. Doesn't take life too seriously. Played 100, 100 odd games with Carlton before he went to Geelong. Um, just took the piss out of all of his John mates for five minutes. I loved it.
2: Yeah, he sounds like he's a really popular member of that team down there. Yeah. You and need we, those characters, don't
1: you? Yeah, we do. We do. And the Irish boys continue to be a massive part of uh, of the AFL landscape. you think about Connor McKenna, who's going to be playing for a top four side now. Yep. The Brisbane Lions. He, he, so he came, played. Yep. Went home. Won a championship.
2: Yep. Came back, back again. again. And uh, you spotted one at the weekend that I spotted about two months ago, but uh, you've just found him, the boy that's playing up there for GWS, Callum Brown. Yeah. He can go. go
1: Super talented player. Super talented. So um, I think it's great. It'll be one of the really good moments of the AFL weekend when he plays uh, the 265th game, and um, we, we wish him well. So that could be just about it.
2: Yep. It? Wrap it mind. up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yep. Wrap as – uh, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Richie Benner used to say. Ah, that'd be a pretty
0: good spot to wrap it up, Gary. This has been The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tireball. Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Keeping you safe on the roads. tyrepower.com.au Tune in to 1116 SEN each Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 6 to 9am to new SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim.